The Space God Memoirs. Season 2, Episode 19 Down below, the mechanized horde barreled through the streets. There had to have been near a hundred of them. Three quarters were Reuven-sized and shaped like people, marching in lines with blasters mounted on their shoulders. The rest were hulking things that more resemble the primates, wide of shoulder and of chest, with enormous fists that were already being used to punch through walls. Garvel Thren stood astride the roof of one of the remaining buildings, about two hundred yards away from the main attack, observing the scene with his rust-colored eyes. His hands were gripped around his twist blade. The liquid metal weapon expanded out to medium length, its fluid surface reflecting the faint sunlight. The warrior wore a long duster of muted maroon hue, its upper half covering his torso in an elastic armored chest plate that was taut against his muscled form but restricted no movement, complete with shoulder pads of the same ultra-resilient plastic material. When I saw him, I was him, my persona merging into his stoic, disciplined mind, my form one with his rugged musculature and scarred body, his plethora of aches and pains, along with the presence of numerous metallic parts, cybernetic implants in the arms and the legs, which enhanced his abilities but felt strange disconnected but at the same time present. Once more, Kef fell back into the endless subconscious ocean, and the man known as Garvel Thren stepped forward. Garvel let out a groan, turning from the rampaging robots to the figure on his right, who crouched on the edge of the rooftop, surveying the horde through the scope on his firearm. The man turned towards him. Garvel gazed into the eyes of Hindle, cool blue eyes that were inset into a square-jawed face of dusky complexion. The man wore a tan overcoat above his broad shoulders, his sturdy physique covered in bandoliers of ammo for the long-range slug thrower in his hands. The man was hard to read, most claimed, with his stoic expressions and distant, icy eyes. But in the lifetime they'd known another, Garvel had found ways around it. Hindle's stony exterior was just a mask. Behind those blue eyes was a depth of emotion, the soul of a poet, the heart of a lover. Last safe city, eh? Ain't gonna be for long, said Garvel, shaking his head at the horde of robots. Damn scrag and things were made to protect us, replied Hindle, taking out his slug-throwing sniper rifle. Now they're our downfall. Muntaki and his scientists, gone silent. Maybe the old doc finally died. Maybe they went off-world with the Vulda. Either way, not a peep from them, eh? Nope, not since two cycles ago. Hindle removed one of his bandoliers and began loading bullets into his gun. That lab explosion two years back, that's gotta have something to do with it, continued Garvel Thren. Those damn religious fanatics probably set something off. Broke one of the servers that ran these robots. 
Drove them all crazy. Then why'd we get sent out? Asked Tyndall. Think a techie'd be a better choice. No techies left who know a robot server from a dug is behind. Not anymore. Last of mother went off world or got blowing up back in the days of our fathers. So it's you and me again, love. Just like every other time. Said Hindel, grinning. Gun and blade versus the robot horde. Wouldn't have it any other way. Garvel reached over and gently touched Hindel's forearm. This world may have turned into a legitimate shithole, but if anyone's gonna clean it up, it's us two. Both men turned from one another to the streets below, to the raging masses of mechanical monsters that tore apart their city. The city. It was the last of its kind. The final reminder of a world that was rapidly fading. The ones who had come from the skies had devastated the rest of the continent, bringing the National Union to ruin. The pilots had done what they could, but the ships were now few in number. Only a generation had passed since that faded event when the aliens had revealed themselves. Their families had fought to preserve this world, had done their best to fight off the devastation that seemed inevitable. Already, there were those who called the invaders gods, preaching their madness in the forsaken wastes. And now, Reuven Kine's very defenses were revolting against them. The constructs had been built to fight the invaders. Something in their programs had gone wrong. Nobody in this worthless age had the skills to reprogram the things from a distance. And even if they did, all that tech was falling apart. The ground rumbled as the metal horde marched across the city streets, their multitude of steely bodies agleam in the graying sunlight. Garville gazed down at them again, watching the robots, his mind desperately trying to decide on a strategy. How could two men take down this army, now without serious cost? He knew that. The rest of their allies would arrive eventually, but by then it would be too late. Half the city was already gone. Off in the distance, past the wall separating the square from the science district, the city continued to rumble. There were more of those scragging machines back there, or else something even worse. Garvel would do what he could. I'm going down, he said to his companion, who had voted the last of the metal slugs into his gun. Back me up. Garvel Thren leapt from his perch and landed in a crouch upon the street. And though he fell over fifty feet, he stood up just fine, his bone structure supported by metallic alloy, the same as the robotic army all around him. He flicked his twist blade and it expanded out to a curvy four-foot sword, hissing as it spun through the air. He looked ahead at the town square, where more than forty of the things gathered, mostly the Reuven-proportioned ones. Off to Garvel's right, three of the Meccano-men were tearing at the walls of a shop, ripping concrete and drywall off with their bare hands. From behind an expanding hole in the wall, he could hear the terrified screams of multiple people. Before the rampaging robots could register his presence, Garvel Thren was at them, his walk turning into a dash as he lifted his blade into the air and brought it down upon them. With a single wide downward swing, he tore into two of the robots, his nanite-built weapon cleaving through one body and into another, their mechanical exoskeletons no match for his Vuldot tech blade. The sight of a red dot on the wall let Garvel know that Hindel was watching his back. A bang echoed through the square as the last robot's head exploded, a victim of his partner's shot. 
as a forty-something mechanical monsters turned his way. Garvelthren twisted his blade into a wide, more defensive form, and prepared for their onslaught. They came as a wave, rushing at him as if driven by a single mind and will. He knew that they were. These bots were the police force, the army built to defend Aruvis from the invaders. They were all supposed to be directed from the central servers at Muntaki Labs, in the heart of the old city. But something had driven a lot of them mad, whether it had been the explosion two years back or some flaw in their program. Garvel dodged and swiveled, raising his twist blade like a shield to block the incoming volleys of bullets that sprayed from the robot's mounted firearms. When they got close enough, he would hack at them, bringing down bot after bot with his unique blade. Louder shots rang through the streets as Hindle fired his own weapon, taking them out from a distance. He estimated that less than a minute had passed when the town square fell silent, the last of the machines having collapsed into junk. Well, the last of the machines that had been there initially. Only the first wave of many. They came pouring in seconds later, squeezing into masses through alleyways or side streets, their group mind alerting them to the new threat the two men posed. As the mechanized throng came at him, Garvel once more fell into his combat style, letting himself flow with his twist blade, stepping and blocking, thrusting and slashing, leaping over and onto his enemies as his cybernetic legs carried him across the city-turned-battlefield. He suddenly stopped, face to face with a towering hulk, one of the ape-like robots made for military use. Garvel swung his twist blade at the machine, but felt a jolt as his weapon struck the hull's bulky fist and did not slice through it. The steely beast hurled its other fist at him, and Garvel was not quick enough to dodge aside. It slammed him in the chest and he hurtled away, his sternum shaking as he fell onto his back. Without his chest plate, that would have killed him. He recovered, quickly jumping to his feet. The hulking robot glared emptily at him with his gemstone eyes, raising a fist to attack again. Before it could, its shoulder erupted with shrapnel. The shot rang out from above. Hindle. A moment later, the robot threw another punch at Garvel. But by then, he was ready, stepping backward and out of its reach, flicking his wrist to expand his blade to a more ideal size. As the robot continued to attack, Garvel backpedaled, looking for an opening in its swings. The hole now in its shoulder told him that the whole thing was not uranium steel. A well-placed swing near the center of its body should bring it down. As he prepared to make his attack, Garvel realized that he was standing near the old bank building he had first jumped down from. The hulking ape-like bot threw its huge fist sideways, striking the pillar of the bank. It was a decisive hit. Pillar shattered into chunks of stone. The building itself creaked and groaned for several seconds before a heavy crack sounded from within. Then it collapsed, old masonry erupting in a cloud of dust as the entire structure fell forward. That was Hindle's building, his perch. Garvel Thren's heart jumped as he saw his partner tumbling off the side, arms flailing. Hindle managed to grab a nearby lamppost, using his momentum to swing himself sideways before landing, awkwardly, on a nearby street, falling down onto his side and letting loose a cry of pain. The ape-like robot continued to flail madly at him, but Garvel Thren was now ready. He weaved forward between the limbs of the metal beast, and then planted his blade tip-first into its barrel chest, 
As he wrenched it downward, he felt it cutting through vital systems, wires, and bolts. The Hulkbot fell forward, flailing once more before collapsing, as Garvel stepped sideways to avoid it. He looked to his partner. Hindle grunted as he lifted himself up, grimacing, dusty, but alive. Then their eyes linked, a silent look that said, I'm okay. I was taken out of the moment briefly as I saw those eyes, their presence so familiar. For an instant, I was Kef again, and Hindle was Rayleigh. The presence behind that gaze was altogether familiar. They didn't look a thing alike, but that was her. I felt odd, surprised, but at the same time not surprised at all. Me and Rayleigh had grown up together, had been close. She was my near sister, a common term in our village, but not my genetic sister. We could have been lovers at one point, but things had never gone that way, instead developing into something nearly like siblings. But the connection was there, for sure, and it was here all the same, even stronger, in the form of these two men who would die for one another, partners in love and war. I was brought back into the moment as I saw more robots surging onto the scene, ready to slay the two warriors. Garvel and Hindle fought as best they could, bringing down machine after machine, until the two of them were surrounded in piles of mechanized corpses, like they were standing in a junkyard. They were both covered in numerous scratches, along with several larger wounds that bled, the red of their ichor mixing with the black oils of the machine men they had brought down. Then the northern wall exploded outward, shattered by an immense force. At the back of the city awaited the devastation, a titan of steel standing at half the height of the tallest towers. Its form was not that of a Reuven, but of a beast, its rounded shell standing atop six riveted legs, crawling over the broken remains of the shattered wall. From its back rang shots, balls of tiny plasma that burned whatever they hit, firing from many guns. It lumbered forward followed by even more of the smaller robots, surging from between its enormous legs. The two men soon stood beneath the shadow of the behemoth, its enormous circular body blocking out the sun. Clomp, clomp, thundered its enormous cylindrical legs, six feet in diameter, the streets where it stepped cracking under its immense weight. Garvel Thren knew that now was their chance. He nodded to Hindle and looked upward. The two men ran to the right, the metal monster's side. His partner pulled a small crossbow from his belt and fired upward, striking the thing's upper side with a thunk as a rope stretched taut between crossbow and monster. Hindle pushed a button on the crossbow and was pulled quickly upward. Garvel Thren fell into a squat and then sprang up himself, using the hydraulic strength of his enhanced legs to hurl his body through the air nearly forty feet till he landed in a crouch next to Hindle, who stood atop the insectoid body's flat back. Garvel felt the floor beneath him wavering, but remained steady on his feet as the monster continued to shamble through the city. From up here, the giant robot's back appeared to be some kind of platform, thrailing on the sides and what looked like several seats built into the deck. There was no entrance to any engine room or control center, but the middle of the deck bulged out in a circular metal dome. Though it looked designed to carry people, the only beings here, aside from them, were five of the Reuven-shaped robots, staring ahead blankly with their glowing red eyes. 
Each of them turned simultaneously to Garvel and Hintel as they arrived, their empty gazes focusing on the two intruders. They began to fire their shoulder-mounted guns, but the men were ready, Hindle falling to a low crouch, and Garvel pulling out his twist blade to deflect the fire. Yet one stray bullet struck him in the side, between hip and armpit. Garvel flinched from the pain, but pushed it inside. They were too close to victory. He could worry about another injury if he lived. He dashed forward, seeing a gap in their firing pattern, and with a swift lunge he cut one of the robot men in half, then plunged his blade through the metal skull of another, giving its now limp body a kick over the railing and onto the street below. He heard two shots ringing out, seeing that Hindle had blown the other robots into shrapnel. I've never seen this model, but that's got to be what runs this thing, said Hindle, pointing his gun at the metal-enclosed dome in the center. Yep, gotta be, agreed Garvel. Just a matter of getting at the thing. Huh, think there must be a reason you carry that dumb twist blade around with you, other than the constant threat of cutting your fingers off. Sure enough. Garvel threatened flipped the blade over his wrist, spinning it in the air until it expanded into something truly enormous, like a jagged, multi-headed saw. Then Garvel ran towards the bulb of metal, raising the fluid blade over his head, and taking a leap forward. As he reached it, he swung straight down, letting his momentum carry him across the surface of the metal barrier. Sparks danced across it as the twist blade dug through the steel. As he landed, Garvel fell against the railing of the deck, feeling a sudden jolt of pain in his side. Where the bullet had hit him, a steady stream of blood poured out. But it had worked. There was now a way inside. He touched Hindle on the shoulder. Just a tap. The man looked up, and their eyes met. There was a hint of fear in those eyes, yes, a bit of hesitation, but Hindle was determined to see this through, just as Garvel was. The efforts of both their families would be for nothing if these damned machines brought it all down in a day. They needed to end this monstrosity now. The two men each took a step forward, and then met lips, engaging in a kiss that both knew might very well be their last. It was. I knew. I could sense it. Then silently they stepped away from one another. A hole led inside, and through it they could make out the immense engine of the thing. Not a shift engine like the old ships, but something more conventional, with various tubes and wires running into a contained core. Garvel nodded to Hindle, who took out a brass-colored sphere from one of his coat pockets, topped with a red button. Hindle pressed the button and tossed the thing inside. Both men began to take steps backward, as the entire platform shook with the fury of an explosion. At that moment, my vision froze. The scene held in place. The engine shattering, a mass of flames and electricity about to erupt from it. The two men about to be hurled backward. The mechanical monster would fall. The two men would be buried in its collapsing remains. Or rather, they had been buried. It was already done. Past. I snapped fully back into my own identity, of Kef. Not here, either, intoned the presence of Savaharthus in my mind. This incarnation does not hold the secret the Veyer seek, only hints of it. Hints of what? I am connecting the seemingly disparate threads. Your secret is linked to what the Ruvens call the Retribution. 
the same cause that brought the Ver to destroy your civilization in the first place. Further back we must go, to that time just before said retribution. And back we went, the lifetime of Garvel Thren washing away as we surged into the past. The generation of conflict that followed the Ver invasion of Aruvis, the wars fought between the Ruven robots of Muntaki Labs and the invaders' biological armies. Back to those days before it had all come down. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Space God Memoirs. Space God is written, performed, and produced by A.M. Arctos. Original musical score by Alpha Colors. Various sound effects created by Industrial Strength Records Incorporated. Please support this podcast by following, rating, and sharing on your favorite social media site. For further info on Space God, its creator, and various other opinions, musings, and thoughts, go to www.spacegodmemoirs.com or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. If you enjoyed the Space God Memoirs, please consider supporting us by becoming a patron. Check out the Patreon link in our description to learn more.